Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. I hope everyone is doing well. Well, we decided to uh, change a few things up today and, well, we're going to see how it goes. What we're going to talk about today is a controversial topic. Reasons for interracial sex, dating, and relationships. Now, we would love everything to be predicated on the word love. And that's it. That's what we would really prefer. But, of course, there are many other aspects associated with the reasons why people date interracially. Just like there's same motivations in some instances for these people to date within their own race. And... The difference is there's a cultural dynamic in certain places in Western culture, here in America, for instance. For some people, it's a status symbol. For others, it's a political statement. For others, it may be a stand for independence, where they're thinking for themselves for the first time. It varies. We're going to cover many of these today, and there are a lot of them to be covered. Now. The first one, you know, I talked about exploratory dating. Those of you who don't know, that's pretty much um, curiosity dating to see what something's like. You know, it's kind of weird. Being that I've dated a lot of women from different ethnicities, races, backgrounds, and cultures, some guys would ask me, what's it like to be with a so-and-so type of woman or this type of woman? as if for some reason they're supposed to have a special vagina that's different or a special feature on them that's different. Women are the same, they're women. Many of them have the same sentiments, the same concerns. They're nurturers, they're good people, they're lovers. Yeah, there's some bad women out there just like there's some bad men. But overall, they're the same may have different traditions, different cultures, uh, different beliefs, just like you have the diversity within your own communities, right where you live. Nothing different. You can have a Christian and a Protestant that may have a different type of view. Orthodox Christian, Protestant, they may have a different view. Protestant Catholic, it depends. Now, here's the thing. One of the biggest drivers, believe it or not, is pure curiosity. As I told you before, people want to see what it's like. They're not necessarily going to probably put forth their best effort in the relationship, 
Because what it's about, for the most part, is just to discover something. Um, it could be more or less akin to somebody going to a place they've never been to before. And then brag about them being there at one point. Maybe taking a few pictures and souvenirs. Now, with these types of relationships, they don't have really any uh, longevity for the most part. It's usually you'll find one night stands and hookups over this revenge cheating where someone wants to hurt their partner so they go and get someone of a different race so that um, when they're confronted with that person, they can tell them, well, I slept with a so-and-so and therefore, you know, that's supposed to hurt their feelings. Now, what this means though, is that with this curiosity factor, a lot of people wind up getting used, feeling certain. So it's best not to involve your emotions in anything that's based on pure curiosity. It doesn't just have to be race. It could also be your weight. You could be a larger woman or a larger man and that skinnier woman wants to see what it's like to be with a big guy. It's any difference from that person. Now, some people will go through stark cultural differences in order to prove a point, in order to have their voices heard for whatever reason. Usually it's political of some sort. So in this case, you want to definitely watch your feelings because I can tell you, a lot of people have been hurt dealing with this. Now, it's not uncommon and we're going to call one group majority, one group minority, just generic. A majority person may find it curious because they've never been with a minority person. And so they go and they get with that person and then they'll take that thumbnail of that experience. And then what they will do in some cases, they will live their lives by that thumbnail. So that person that they've had that first experience with, that sets the pace and the stereotype for everybody else that they meet. You have some people that are like that. Or they could tell you everything about a minority, even though they've only been with one or one type. But in some cases, they'll go and just make a blanket statement, good or bad, over that same group. Seen it done too many times. Had it done to me several times. The next thing, social acceptance. Now, this is something that you will find many people in a minority align themselves with someone in the majority in order to be more socially acceptable. In other words, where they feel as though they could be treated on a fairer level like that person who's in the majority. Now, the only problem with that theory and with that mindset is that if that person surrounds themselves around a lot of people who do not see you in that same light as you would like to be seen, you still may be disrespected. You still may be treated poorly. An example of that would be Meghan Markle with the royal family. She didn't feel comfortable in that environment, even though she had reached a level of social acceptability in that she was in the royal family. And they were, of course, the majority based on race. However, she was also let known in certain aspects that um, that environment probably wasn't the best for her. And she realized that. 
The next thing we have to look at, status recognition. Trophyism is what it is. And trophyism is basically, you're going to get someone to show them off. And this is a symbolic gesture of saying that you have made it financially, socially, etc. And you hear a lot of women say something like, well, he only got her because she's his trophy wife. You know what's really funny? When a woman's successful, you don't hear women say his, her trophy man, do you? In many cases, what do women do with men that don't have the prominence and social status they do? Sidekick, boyfriend, lover. He's not really given any recognition. He's just there. It's kind of interesting how that dynamic works. Let's carry on here. Now, the other thing that you have to realize, you're going to be dealing with um, people that will go into interracial relationships in order to raise their low self-esteem. Take, for instance, they're not as popular or not as in demand in a certain group. They go out of that group in order to get some recognition, in order to get some sort of status, some sort of um, prominence. Now, what's funny is this. A lot of women, women that I've talked to who have been in interracial relationships, including the women that I have dated in some cases, some of them told me they were invisible among their own group. And so they can only be seen by other people outside of their race. And what that means primarily is that many of the people within their own group pass them over. However, they don't get the attention of people in their same group until they go outside of the race. And all of a sudden, they get the visceral comments. They get people um, not wanting to serve them at the dinner table at different restaurants because they're looking at it from a standpoint you couldn't find anybody in your own group. However, before, it's not that. And usually what people in that minority group will do to that person who's dating someone outside of that group in a majority group or another group, they will discount them. They will call them failures, you name it, in order to justify it in their own head. Instead of, it could just be the premise that they could be in love with each other, but that individual won't allow it to go there because the way they look at it, in some sense, I'm entitled to that person because we're the same race and I like them. But doesn't necessarily mean that that person will like you back. And not because of your race, but maybe because of you in general. Your disposition, your personality, your attitude. The other thing we have to look at, political statements. Now, some people will go out and literally get a person of a minority in order to express their political views. My boyfriend's black. My so-and-so's black. 
or whatever race in order to make them a little bit more politically acceptable. Oh, I used to have a black boyfriend or I used to have a Latin boyfriend. I used to have a Asian girlfriend. In other words, they want to go and make sure that they put that label out there to qualify themselves not being righteous. Now, here is the other side of it. When a minority is trying to get with more of the conservative type of uh, environment, well, the first thing they have to do is abandon all of the negative things associated with the group that they're with and adopt those of the opposing view in such a way where they're saying, well, I'm not like the rest of them. Now, here's the difference. If they're recognized by that majority group that's conservative like that, they'll say, yeah, you're a good one. You know, like they used to do with the slaves. The slave that would always tell on the other slaves was always a good slave. The rest of them were bad because they were always going against the master. Now, using that just as an example, folks. Now, what we also have to look at is some people will do this to counter traditions. Take, for instance, they grew up like the young lady who wrote in from, who left the message from uh, South Carolina. She's 69 years old. And she was fed a whole bunch of racism for 59 years of her life. And she realized that for the first time she could actually think for herself. And she didn't have those views. But those views were imposed on her in life so long that she thought that that was her only way. Until she got away from that environment where she could actually think for herself. See, the one thing you have to re realize with groupthink, they try to saturate you with the thought process. And that can go for any group. In the black community, one of the biggest problems that we have, victimhood. Because we have been holding on to that for damn near 400 years. Now, I'm not one of these uh, black conservatives that's going to say, oh, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, because I'm not a conservative, first of all. And as I told you, I've changed my race. I'm not just black anymore. Mm -mm, that wasn't good enough. I'm Afro-Hispanasian, because I'm going to use my pronoun. So that's my new pronoun, Afro-Hispanasian. Oh, and billionaire. Billionaire Afro-Hispanasian. Even though I'm not a billionaire, and even though I'm not of all these different races. Of course, I'm being sarcastic as hell, but here's the thing that I'm trying to get you to see. I think sometimes we go so far with this that we kind of lose our bearing. Let's go on. When people talk about countering traditions as well, they've seen some of the things in the family that may not work out so well. You know, like generations of people that don't go to college and then they chose to go to college and all of a sudden they're the outcasts. And then they realize that many of the people in the circles of people that they associate with of their same group, racial group, they may not have invested in themselves. 
And so they go outside of that racial group in order to find that person. And then they're ostracized for doing so. Now, this is a good juncture for me to establish a few things. There's a difference between race, ethnicity, nationality. Puerto Ricans, that's a nationality. Because you have a place called Puerto Rico. The races, the four races, Caucasoid, Negroid, Mongoloid, and Australoid. Caucasoid, after the Caucasus area. Negroid, basically Africa. Australoid, people that were down in Australia, derived from there, and Mongoloid, people from Asia. Now, here's the thing. Theoretically, you had Pangaea. People debate that, but here's the problem with the argument. Scientifically, the Earth's core is molten iron, magma. And um, with that, it actually moves. That's the reason why we have earthquakes. That's the reason why we have tsunamis. And so with this, over time, things could have split out the way they were. And if you look at the fit of the map, these countries, well, these lands, these continents actually fit together perfectly. Now, of course, there are people out there that believe the earth is flat. Nothing's wrong with that. The reason being, I'm saying that it's a great money earning tool. Sounds crazy. And I'm not trying to promote any kind of uh, conspiracies or nonsense. The reason why I say this is because years ago, there was a gentleman that was trying to raise money for a project to raise a person to that race of person. Or usually it's, they don't date people in their own race. Now, a lot of people feel slighted by that, that are in that race. But whatever reason, that person has justification for the decision they made. Now, you may not like it because it may make you not feel good about it, but there is a reason. And you can't really take away their experience and put yours in place or your optimism in place of that. That's something you have to accept. They're no less of a person than anyone else. They just made a choice and they're sticking by their choice. I've run across a many African-American women that said, I don't date black men. I'm cool with it. And they get shocked. You mean you're not upset? Nope. What? what? I said, because I've dated women of other races. So it doesn't matter to me. I mean, it's about your happiness. It's not about trying to feel some sort of quota or something like that. Your happiness is more important. That should be the most important thing than anything else than trying to go and fit in or have somebody else give you kudos. There's not gonna really give a shit about you if something were to happen in your relationship and you're on the street by yourself. So, some people will do distancing. They don't wanna be associated with the negative aspects of crime and those kind of things are poverty, immigration, you name it, whatever the vice is that society is pointing a finger at as being negative within people associated with your group, you will find people that are trying to get away from it desperately. And some of them feel as though the best way to get away from it is to give us someone of a different race. That's just their 
reaction to it. Then you'll have the, of course, upgrade of lifestyle. Now, you will see this a lot. Transfer of wealth is pretty much what it is. Person comes from a not so um, wealthy country or not so wealthy uh, situation. And they're trying to marry up. They're trying to get some sort of status. So they'll have the beautiful daughter or the handsome son. And this person will wind up more than likely being a mule for the family. I never forget in the Philippines, there were women that didn't date black guys. I'll tell you straight up, nope. And it's like, oh, it must be my features. Or I'm not attractive to you. No, 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 it's not that. You're very handsome. My family would not approve because we got we thought that white men make more money than black men. Okay. And some of them think that way. Not all of them, of course not. But some of them think that way. So they would only date the white guy. And then what I saw when I got here to back to the States, they would be with these white guys. And then they would divorce them after they got their family taken care of or got the immigration to get them over here. And then they would go and uh, get with whomever they wanted to, another Filipino guy, black guy, whoever. And this right here is very tricky because a lot of guys got stuck like this early on with uh, the mail-order bribe thing. Be careful. Know who you're dealing with. Know what you're dealing with, I'm telling you. Because some of these folks will do this, not just from the Philippines either, different parts of the world. Um, I never forget one lady that I met years ago. She was from Slovakia. And she got over here on a fiance visa with this guy that I knew that I worked with. And she tried to pull the race card. Well, I mean, she was telling him, well, I don't see why you're with uh, black people. They're this, they're that, they're this, as far as friends and hanging out and stuff. And he told her, don't forget, you're over here because of me. You're no better than anybody else. As a matter of fact, you have nothing. Where you came from, you had nothing. And he had to kind of check her on that because she was one of these people that were trying, trying to get in and then going to try to make somebody less than they are. This happens. Now, the problem with the upgrade lifestyle is that the person who is the heavy, the one who has the wealth or the pull or the power, may not delegate that to their partner. So it's only really recognized by the other people that recognize him or her. That's the heavy. The other person may have to just tag along and just be a quiet little church mouse. Okay, the next one. This is um, recognition given an own group. Now, what this means primarily is, take for instance, 
minority gets with the white person that's prominent or something of that sort. And they want to be seen. They want to be noticed. They want to flaunt like the lady did in front of me over at uh, the Grand Hotel that time when she was with this Caucasian man in front of me and we were in to go get drinks. And she's um, just running her fingers through his hair and looking at me and rolling her eyes. Well, she was just loving it up. And I could tell the guy was kind of nervous because he didn't know because, you know, he was like looking back, cutting his eyes back. I said, man, it's okay. I said, I don't have a problem with her doing that. I said, she's trying to show out in front of you because she's not showing out in front of me. I'm happy that she's with you. You should have seen the smile of relief on that man's face because he thought it was going to be a confrontational situation. Nope. Mm -mm. But, you know. I guess this was her first white guy and she wanted to let me know that, hey, <laughs> you're not as good as he is. All right, whatever. But that game is played. Minorities play that game a lot. Now, the other one. Stereotypical infatuation. Now, this is a weird one. There are some of you who will only, honest to goodness, be attracted to someone else because they see you as a stereotype and they like that stereotype. Now, what you have to remember is they don't like you as the person. They like the stereotype of the person that you represent. Like I told you, I had a coworker years ago and he was married, conservative white woman. He was white himself. But he had this fixation on black women that were kind of sassy and ghetto. And he'd want to hang with me. And I'm like, no, mm-mm, no. You're going to fuck around and say the wrong thing and get in trouble. Get your ass beaten. I'm not helping. <laughs> because he didn't quite know how to um, adjust. He, as far as uh, it's code switching, socially for you sociologists he wasn't good at that and um what he messed around and did one time he went to a nightclub in south central los angeles he comes back to work one day he's wearing shades he looked like a raccoon when he took off his glasses and i told him i said um he said well you know i i just uh, said a few things and i didn't know it was offensive and i'm like yeah you you're infatuated with the stereotypical woman, but the problem you have is that you can't treat a person like a commodity, no matter who they are. But sometimes people do. And so, word to the wise, watch your behavior on that. Because people don't have to be receptive to your disrespect, they just don't. All right, now, um, the other thing, love-hate of the opposite group. We're talking racial groups here, folks. There are some people who might love certain aspects of that group. And when I say that, that person that they're talking to, they view them in that same context as the group. 
and they treat them accordingly, even though that person may not be the stereotype or may not be the person that's in that group that they are fixated on, they try to make it fit. They try to make you that person they want you to be. And that is problematic. That could go for the white guy that they're trying to make a little bit more like Justin Timberlake and he's more conservative. Or that could be the black man that a white woman is trying to make the guy to be more conservative and less of who he is. In other words, they try to change them, but they still don't have control over that trigger they have where they're going to be disrespectful in a way and then loving in another way. And you'll run across some people like that. We're going to talk more about this in just a moment. Now, before we go forward, a couple of things that need to be established. Um, needs to be established. I tell you, there's no editing on this show, folks. So I catch myself and I mess up. That's what I get for living in Vegas. Look, <laughs> one of the things that we have to um, differentiate, nationality. How many times you hear Americans will say something like, um, I'm Italian. Oh, your son no Italiano. Well, if they're Italian, they should be able to speak it. But of course, they mean that they have derived from Italy through their family lineage. Nothing's wrong with that. Same thing with Irish. Many of them don't speak Gaelic. And even when it comes down to us African Americans, what do we usually say? We're from Africa. No, half of us don't know what part. We're finding out now through ancestry and one, two, three, and me. I'm ready for somebody to come out with four, five, and six next. So, with that, we try to identify with something. There are people that, you know, come here who, you know, may have had relatives from Germany, Spain, you name the country. See, the one thing you have to realize is that it's not where you came from, it's where you are right now. And you're in America. And being that you're in this country, yes, we take pride in our heritages and backgrounds and so those kind of things, but we have to remember another thing too. There are people in the world that want to do harm to us just because we live in the place we live. Think of a damn less about who we are. Well, some have been Latin didn't care what race a person was when they put those planes into the Twin Towers. Timothy McVeigh did not care what race of people were inside the federal building. There were whites and blacks and everybody else killed in both of those events, among others. And this is what we have to think about people, treating each other better as human beings. No matter whether you designate yourself by nationality, an ethnicity, a race, 
Now, let's go on. Another thing that we have to look at is being considerate. I'm just looking at my list for a second here. Oh, no. I see where I was now. Glad to write all this shit down because it was a lot. <laughs> I'm going to try to remember all this. I'm getting old, folks. The other thing that we have to look at is some people take pride in having a subservient partner. So they'll probably go out and find someone of a minority ethnic group or racial group and try to lord over them because they may not be able to do that within their own group. So therefore, they're going to go and take it to the streets and try to find somebody that they can lord over. Now, we're just going in the context of race here and ethnicity and background. However, you can always take this to another context, religion, as an example. Somebody could be in the same religion, but the other person may be more well-versed in it than the other person and try to make them feel subservient based on that. It could be that the woman is really hot and fine and the guy is fat and frumpy, but he's got money. And she could always make him feel as though he has something to do. Again, this right here predicates on one word, inadequacy. Remember that term. Because people will use that as a weapon against you in relationships and in life. But I'm only going to tell you this. Inadequacy only applies if they're moving the goalposts towards expectation. Now, if you're not putting forth any effort, it's justified. But if you're putting forth your best effort, and you know personally, and everyone else knows, that you had made that particular uh, expectation, and the person said, well, you know what, let's move the goalposts a little bit to the left. It's unfair. You know, years ago, when my father went to go vote, in Mississippi, they had this thing called a poll tax. You actually had to pay before you could vote. And it was very expensive. I think it was close to 600 bucks. Then he gets there, and the lady wanted him to determine how many pieces of candy was in this jar. That's an old, typical Southern trick. And see, here's the problem. He was blind. My father had glaucoma and went blind from it. So how was he supposed to know? He couldn't take the, out the jar and count them. So needless to say, it was denied, even though he paid his money. Because see, the one thing I didn't like about Southern culture, especially in Mississippi, you would see this done regularly. Unwarranted merit. I'll never forget. I was going to an integrated elementary school. And I noticed there's a lot of white teachers there. Because, see, 
In Mississippi, they had set up these academies for white kids, private academies. They didn't want the integration thing to happen. And the reason why the white teachers were coming to schools that were more integrated was because pay was better and the grades, the kids, the students were better as far as grades. And we're dealing with a lot of entitled kids out there in those places. When I got the program in high school, I noticed that same trend. And it was cool because integration actually worked there. It all depends on the way we treat each other. And you know, as divided as Mississippi was during that time, people managed, still work together in certain aspects of it. There was no cream, no peaches and cream, but it was a hell of a lot better than what it started with when I grew up. All right, let's carry on here. Now, the other thing that we have to look at is, drum roll please, nope. <laughs> the other thing, and so it's more or less like this person has the status based on their race and other elements associated with them that they admire alike. Skin color, you name it. It could be anything. And this attributes to the ambiguity when it comes down to ambiguity, when it, ambiguity, ambiguity when it comes down to actually uh, dealing with people of different races. Because a lot of times what happens with interracial relationships, usually people don't know why you're trying to date them. You know, they know you like them, but they're, they got to figure out whether or not it's because um, a certain race, certain stereotypes associated with me, because you like my culture, because you saw it on television, my music. What is it? And they have to do this in order to find out whether or not this person is really serious. Now, the same thing holds true with any other kind of difference. The fat girl that's approached by the handsome man. You know, like the young the uh, young lady that thought she didn't have a chance in hell of ever finding a handsome man. She used to throw the shot put in high school. She was overweight. None of the guys really talked to her. And she really had a crush on this guy, but he was with a cheerleader. They went on and got married. And things didn't work out between him and the cheerleader. And they met the Shotford girl. And he's madly in love with her. They're traveling all over the place and doing all kinds of things now. And she described herself as being an average woman. And she talked about how handsome he was. So it depends on the perception of both people. 
and how it actually works, just like with any other situation. Now, I know I'm stating a lot of this stuff as being obvious, but here's the thing I want you to understand. When you break it down and you're thinking like this, it makes you more aware. Because we like to just go and smooth over everything like we're the kid that knows all the answers to the test. Just give me the test and they take the test and they fail it and they're like, oh shit. Seen that happen before. Let's carry on. Now, there are some people that are motivated for these types of relationships based on only that person and not the ethnic group or anything else. Now, I've run into this a few times in my dating life. I never forget when I was going out with Monica. I went to an establishment where there were a lot of African-American people there. And so the black man thought basically, well, she's with her brother, so naturally I'll just go over there and holler at her. They went over and tried to do it, and she was like, uh-uh. And the guy said, so you're not really into black men? She says, no, I'm into him. For who he is. I heard her say that. And when I heard that, I felt kind of weird. I was like, because it sounds so term, I'm into him. I was like, damn. <laughs> because usually what will happen is you'll find a person when it comes down to dating interracially. Nine times out of 10, they've usually dated someone of your own ethnicity, background, or race before. So they kind of know what they're looking for. And I'm gonna let you in on a little word to the wise. For some of you, some of those people are not looking for you. And the reason being is that some of you get too comfortable and you try too hard and you try too much. You overdo it. A lot of guys would rather deal with, and women as well, of different groups, would rather deal with someone that's trying to find out more about them as a person than someone that's going to regurgitate about all of the people within their ethnic group or race that they know and what they've done and how many men and women you've dated within that race. Nobody gives a shit. They really don't. So you coming up there trying to have this credential list of my ex-boyfriend was black, my so-and-so was not. I don't give a fuck. Because here's the thing. Sometimes it could be perceived as being patronizing. This is the reason why a lot of people, when they date interracially, they would rather date someone who has never dated outside of their race before. And the reason for that, there's a lot of patronage they don't have to deal with. I went on a date one night with a lady. She told me about Arthur Ashe and Alex Haley. And I'm like, what? I already know this shit. I mean, you're not impressing me. Just be yourself. Just be yourself. 
Treat me like you would any other date you would have. You have to go out here and bring all this other shit out that doesn't even matter. I mean, I do love the efforts of those folks. But shit, they have nothing to do with our relationship right now as we're talking. Now, the other thing. Some people feel as though there's a social entitlement. Yes. Now, what this means primarily is that... Now, I've seen this happen in nightclubs a lot. Maybe a predominantly black club or predominantly Latin club. And then you'll see a gang of white women come in. And when they would come in, of course, what would the black guys do? (laughs) Go right over to them. And there was a sense of entitlement, but the reason why they would come there specifically, they like black guys, of course, or at least so they say. But the other thing is this. A lot of them felt as though they would be treated better there than they would be in their own groups. Now, let's face it. Some of these women, they were nice. Some were fat. Some had fucked up personalities. And sometimes it's what you get. Again, this is not a terminal thing. This is something that does happen from time to time. It's not an indictment. It's a revelation. Because sometimes we don't really look at it on that level. Another one is social dependence. And social dependency, that means socially, it makes them not only feel like someone, but they feel as though they could be grandfathered in under the respect that that person has already from other people. And so they cling on to them. And you'll find these people, that'll be the first one to hyphenate their last name. <laughs> I'd be damned if they don't put that dash in between that last name. And they're going to try to get married real quick, too. Now, the difficulty comes about when some people think they have the entitlement of discriminating against others because they have now clung on to someone that's in the majority. Take, for instance, as an example, Asian woman gets with a white man. And so, therefore, she feels as though she could be racist to blacks, Latinos, whatever. She could be dismissive because she's with him. He's her leverage. Without him, she's in a minority like everyone else. I'm just calling shit out that's real because we're keeping it real. Just point these things out. As I tell you, those 30 plus years out there on the dating scene, I've seen a lot of shit and experienced a lot of shit. Things that hopefully you guys won't have to go through. Because the same elements are still out there. The same environment is still out there. It hasn't changed. The only thing that's changed in the dating world, the terminology, 
and the technology. Everything else is the same. Instead of women saying, oh, I'm giving them neck. Back in the day, there was a blowjob. When they started talking about, you know, gluck, gluck, 5,000, it was deep throat. Hell, I remember that video with Linda Lovelace back in the day. I was in love with Vanessa Del Rio. Hot damn. Ooh. Mm. Wanted to get a hold of that woman. But, yeah. That was way back in the day. But I had to change my wicked ways. Making them more wickeder than they were before. Now, the other thing. Adventures of Curiosity is another. Now, Adventures of Curiosity is this. It's a little bit different than we talked about the pure curiosity. Adventures of Curiosity means they're not going to sleep with you. They don't like you that much. What they want to do is they want to get to have this relationship with you where it's a hands-off thing. Oh, they'll get close. They might kiss you. They're not going to ever sleep with you because they still don't feel as though you deserve them. I'm talking about the majority partner. Now, here's the thing. In the social hierarchy, and I'm just basing this off of some of the data I've seen so far and off of the uh, data that was done with the OKCupid study. You can check it out online on Google. I think I put a link of it on uh, facebook.com backslash romantic truth. And what this means primarily is that the pecking order is different for the genders. Usually, white women at the top, Asian women secondly, Latin women third, African American last. When it comes down to males, white men first, Hispanic second, black men third, and Asian males last. Now, the reason for this has a lot to do with discrimination based on height when it comes to Asian men. They're discriminated against more by their height than anything else. According to what I got from the study, African-American men are discriminated against more based on social issues associated with them, such as crime, et cetera, et cetera. They put us together with that. Hispanic men, Latin men. Dominance is one thing that they have at their advantage that women like. And a white male, of course, is wealth and high social status. Now, here's the thing. When I say wealth, don't forget what I quoted you on the other podcast. Everything I'm saying, you can look up. Very easy. 2022. That year. Only 34.4% of people made over $100,000 in 
in that year. They reported to the IRS. That's only about 50 million people, folks. So when we talk about wealth sometimes and just try to go and apply it to a certain group of people, white folks as we say it here in America, not all white folks are wealthy. And the perception is by some minorities is that they are. You see, what happens to politicians a lot of times will go to places out of the way like Kentucky, Ohio, Pennsylvania, where the guy's making $35,000, $40,000 a year, if that much, and will say he's in the middle class. That's what the politician will tell him, and he'll believe it. And not realizes, not realize that all of the tax cuts that, for instance, Trump implemented, his administration implemented, who does it help the most? People like Oprah, people like Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, people who are wealthy already, people who are millionaires. Rest of the folks, they're like, oh yeah, they're gonna bring jobs. What do they bring? They bring box store jobs, 20 hour a week jobs, warehouse jobs. That's what they bring. If a company can save money through automation, they'll use that before they will go out and hire a whole bunch of people. That's the way it goes. You look at many of these tech companies that are laying off all these people now, they're not bringing them back. They don't need to because they're gonna figure out a way to use technology in order to replace them. You look at what's happened now, and it's just an aside, folks. We're going to get back to the subject matter in just a moment. You look at what's happening now with many of these institutions, like over in England, with that telecom company. They're going to AI for customer service. That means a lot of call center jobs here in the States are going to go that same way. A lot of cab drivers now complaining about Uber and Lyft. Well, eventually, it's not going to be practical anymore for cab drivers to make a living. And this is the thing that we have to face. It's a change. And what happens, unfortunately, sometimes we kind of have a socioeconomic uh, cabal, so to speak. Because certain people in certain ethnic groups or certain races or certain backgrounds work in certain professions. And so they may think it's a slight against them personally because the company is going in a different direction. A lot of times it's not the case. Because companies are always looking to be more efficient, leaner, more productive. They don't build relationships with people. And that's what you have to realize. Even though the CEO said that we're all like family, all depends on who's family. Because we all know families get treated differently, don't they? Family members do. Just be aware of that. 
And there are many reasons why certain people won't date certain people of other races and based on stereotypes. Now I'll tell you one thing that's a big factor. Level of education. That's a big factor. And this is something that you may find interesting, fellas. You know more women require a degree from a man than a man does from a woman when it comes down to dating? So she could have a high school diploma and want a guy with a master's. But we're not saying anything about the communication gap. And trust me, I've tried that shit before and it doesn't work that well. Because even some of the conversations I've had with certain women, I had to take myself back to the 11th grade. Because a lot of them really didn't pay attention in school. No critical thinking skills, that kind of thing. Not to throw any shade on them. But here's the thing that I look at. There are people that I know of right now, right in this town in Vegas, that have degrees. And there's only a few of us that talk to each other. And the only reason being is that the majority of people don't. And I'm not talking about something like uh, splitting atoms or anything like that. I'm just talking about just basic intellectual thought. Just basic thought. There have been women that have told me, I'm so glad I met someone that I can relate to. Because education is not pushed in this country. Now, this is no indictment or criticism on everybody that doesn't go to school. Because I used to be a Mustanger. I was out there for years, working my ass off, making a hell of a lot of money and thought that it was going to last forever. Didn't realize that <laughs> at some point, they're going to ask for that paper and that's why they're going to stop your ass. Yep. Stop cold. Going to talk more in just a second. Now, I'm not saying that a college education is the panacea of life, by no stretch. But what I am saying is that it will help you when it comes down to compatibility with someone that um, you may find interesting, that may have a breadth of knowledge. And when I say this, I'm talking about maybe the person is very studious, but they didn't go to school, didn't get their degree. But they're up on current affairs. And they're not coming out here with some conspiracy shit. <laughs> I'm not going to kid you. I worked with a guy years ago on an IT project, and he told me the aliens had abduct abducted him when he was in Nebraska. And we sat there in a break room and I was losing brain cells as this man was talking. And he said, the spaceship picked him up. And you know how they go with the probe because it's the whole stereo thing, stereotypical thing you've heard before. We didn't want to say nothing in, our, in the break room, but everybody was sitting there 
looking at him with side eye like, man, you better shut up. We're going to throw your ass out this window. But he went on. And he honestly believed that. One of the best programmers we ever had. He's used C++. He was excellent at it. But he was out there. He was out there. I never forget he said that when he died, the mothership is going to land and take his body up into space. I said, all right then. <laughs> I wasn't going to argue with the man because he did good work. Now, fetishizing. That's another aspect of this that comes about. Now, if a person is looking at you as a fetish, you're an object to them. You're a vehicle to get to their gratification. And that's all you ever be to them. You'll never graduate to be anything else. Now, the other thing. There are some people that will like to deal with minorities that are not so sophisticated or educated or well-rounded. The reason being, they don't want any kind of uh, encumbrances when it comes to the conversation. They want something that's simple that is basically American retail. That's what they're looking for. Something that doesn't require too much thinking, not too complex, where you guys can just go and just have a sophomore conversation and get along. Nothing's wrong with that, folks. But here's what I will tell you. Sometimes people will do this and they'll identify with you and be around you. But then when they get serious, they don't know you. And it comes down to you're only their entertainment when they see that you need to entertain them. They can care less about you or your feelings. In other words, they pull you out like a toy and they put you away like one. Another thing that you have to concern yourselves with, mainly interracial relationships and other relationships that are kind of have a differential. Whether it's same gender, and here's the thing folks, everything I'm talking about now can apply to a person that's in a same sex relationship a relationship of December, May or May, December. I just chose race because that's one of the biggest topics in America. Still. The one thing you have to remember is this. If you're with a person who's ashamed to be with you in public, and remember I talked on one podcast about discrete relationships, those are not complimentary. That really shows you how much that person cares about you. They care so much about you that they're going to hide you from everybody else because they're ashamed of you. You don't want to be in that position if you can help it. Now, all of these things that I'm telling you, my perspective, I did the research. I have no reason to be biased on this. 
each of you have your own experiences. You can apply some of the things according to what you experience. Oh, hell, you might not experience none of this, so you don't have to apply any of it. It's up to you. Now, but you don't want to be a fetish for someone. They only have you for that one purpose, and it's very difficult to even have a sustainable relationship based on it. Now, other fetishes that are associated with this, stud service, queen of spades, QOS. But that primarily is a white woman who likes sleeping with black men. She's usually married. She will have a tattoo, maybe on her ankle, on her calf, on her leg, under her breast, behind her ear, behind her neck, hairline. And she flashes the guy, the tattoo. And he, he sees it. And if he's into that lifestyle, they get together. And usually the husband's a cuckold. He likes to watch. That's a whole different realm. Again, I don't think less of those folks. They're into that lifestyle. Go for it. Right? No problem. It's about awareness. It's not about pointing fingers and judging. The only time you need to make a judgment when it comes to your life and what's important to you and what you feel as though is not good for you. You have the right to make that judgment. No, I don't think we need to be in this relationship because what you're doing, I don't find suitable for me. Now, let's carry on. The other one that we have to look at. Damn, I can't even see it. Uh, oh, shaming our groups. Now, this is something that's a pet peeve. And I will tell you something. You will find more people in the majority upset with people in the minority. When the minority person tries to shame their own group. I'll give you an example. Using the N-word in front of a white partner with someone of your own race. That white person may be offended by that. And a lot of times what that may entail, like my friend's girlfriend did one time, she wanted to take everything and make it about her you offended me I'm expecting an apology my friend asked her he said why because you couldn't use the word that I just used here's the thing there's a good percentage of people in the majority that have heard the n-word and many of them don't like using. There's some that do. There's some that have no problem, like that uh, commentator with the Oakland A's. <laughs> I wish Sammy was still alive, rest his soul. Sammy Haynes used to play for the uh, Kansas City Monarchs. 
played with Satchel Paige. He was the catcher for the Kansas City Monarchs in the Old Negro Baseball League. And those guys had to go through a lot back then, a lot of discrimination. They had to share hotels with uh, people. There were popular celebrities back then, that King Cole and so forth. And they were not allowed in the best areas of town. Discrimination was rampant. And to hear this man say what he said the other day. Because I heard it, it just slipped right off his tongue. Now, I know he's apologized and everything. But here's the thing. That word is used so commonly in our society that even the people that are supposed to be offended by it use it. And that's where the problem has been. You don't know how I really think about some of the inserts that I put in on this show when they're using that word. I wanted to beep it out. I don't even want to play it many times. It has a different impact on me. Some people tell me, oh yeah, I put an A at the end. Mm-mm. If you grew up in a racist time, in a racist era, in a racist town, you won't find this sort of music. I know I didn't. I know my dad didn't. I know his father didn't. I know his father before him didn't. Well, his father before him was never called that word because he was a slave. It makes you think. Now, let's carry on here. So the shaming also entails going negative on your own race. How many times have you heard this, fellas, where be with a Caucasian woman or Asian woman, Latin woman, and they're critical. They're so critical, they're talking about the men and, you know, just when I see or hear those negative comments about them, I think, oh boy, when is the storm going to come my way? You got to watch that. You want somebody that's filled with love, not with hate for others or their own group. Makes it much easier for you. Now, Some will go to minority groups because it's less competition. I remember a lady told me one time, <laughs> she turned me down. I asked her to dance. And we were in a mixed race establishment. She was Caucasian, thick woman, about 5'9", beautiful though. I asked her to dance. She said, oh my dear, you're not dark enough. I was like, damn, okay. And so she got with this real dark brother and they danced. 
And these guys were treating her as if she was the queen. Buying her drinks and everything. Now, I didn't have a problem with that. That was on them for that. But then again, I thought, I said, she's used to being put on a pedestal. It wouldn't have never worked if I got with her anyway. Because she felt as though my skin color established my dominance over these men. That's the reason why she wanted the real dark guys. And of course, sister didn't like I asked. They could have gotten pretty ugly. But they were there to be her bodyguard. And sometimes you'll run across that. Or a person may feel discarded or dejected out of one group and wind up with another. And that's not always negative because um, you've heard the stereotypical thing about the fat white girl with the skinny black guy that doesn't have a job. Well, what the, what is the nexus for those two? They both feel rejected by a group. And they both could support each other by commiseration. That actually brings them closer together than this separates them apart. And here's the thing. A lot of times these folks will actually get together based on a crisis or hardship and do just fine in a relationship. Again, it all depends on how you structure it. And some of these situations that I've already depicted with you, some people can actually make those relationships work. And they do. So, I'm not trying to say that all this is negative. I'm just saying in general, these are different aspects. Keep that in mind. Just because something doesn't work for you doesn't mean it doesn't work for everybody. Or vice versa. Now, the other thing. Cultural indoctrination or immersion. With this, I mean, again, this person's more involved in the culture. In other words, you just may be the conduit or the ambassador for them to get to a point where they can be around the people they wanted to be around within your group. Um, maybe the music, the whole environment. They want to immerse themselves in it, but they may not want to be with you necessarily. In other words, the culture has more of appeal than you will ever. You're just nothing but a vehicle to get there. And you heard the term culture vulture, right? There are plenty of artists that are out there. They're going to make a song that's on the top 10 playlist on black music. Then they go and do a version for the Latin music industry. And then they turn around and do one for groups that don't like either one of those groups. They don't care. They just want to make the money common thing we see because many of you know of plenty of artists that patronize the black community and then 
They left and went on the other side. Just saying. All right. Now, citizenship. Yep. Is another thing. There are some people out there that are specifically looking for someone to marry just for a green card. No bueno. Don't do it. In your pocket, what? Don't do it. And the only reason why I say this is because one, it's illegal. <laughs> Two, it's just going to put you in more jeopardy. And not only that, you don't want to be bothered with that mess. I remember I dated a woman here in Vegas and one in Los Angeles. And in both cases, they had lied to me about being about not being married. And in both cases, they told me up front, well, we can't get married. Okay, why not? Got an obligation. They try to marginalize the Bible. Well, you know, it's just a little thing that we just um, did. Ain't dealing with you. Because they'll try to offer you money to marry them. Folks, don't fall for that shit. Don't fall for it. It's illegal. Abide by the law. You don't need court dates in your life. Just regular dates. All right, let's go on here. The other one, physical attraction. Now, and attributes. Now with this one, they're only with you because of your race and ethnicity and some of the physical things associated with you. Now there's nothing wrong with this as long as it's correlated with something else. Personality, character, those kind of things. Because I will tell you, I like Armenian women. I'm talking about real Armenian women, not the uh, knockoffs. I like them because I like their hips. I don't know, it's weird. But I also like the culture. I dated a couple of Armenian women. They were the nicest women I could have ever dated. And they could cook their asses off too. Wow. But here's the thing. Another thing I liked about it was the fact that their sense of family, it's on point. I mean, they take care of each other. So I have nothing but kudos and praise for them because uh, I think they're some really cool people. Really cool. Now, like I said, we can only go by what we were exposed to, right? I was exposed to a lot of positive experience with Armenia. Well, with the majority of the people I've dated, a lot of times it was a situation that was fucked up. But let's go on here. 
so just be mindful that you should be more of a consideration than just the physical attraction. Put it that way. All right, let's go on here. Now, adorophilia. That's what the lady had that turned me down in the nightclub that night. Adorophilia means that you like people based on their skin texture, color, that kind of thing. Adorophobia means you don't like them for that reason. I face both. Now, there's some people that just don't like you because you're a certain race, you, your skin color. It has nothing to do with you personally. They just don't like people like you. They don't find you attractive. And it's a fucked up thing to accept, but you know what? That's the reality of our society. But we got to remember how we got here. We got here through division. That's how the country was established, unfortunately. And we're still grappling with a problem that has existed ever since this country was founded. And so that means that individual efforts will have to take place in order to make it better. Because collectively, we've been fucking up as a country. This should not even be, race shouldn't even be an issue now, but it is. We're still dealing with it. It's supposed to be the wealthiest country in the world. We can't solve a racial issue or differences between ourselves. It's supposed to be the wealthiest country in the world. $35 trillion deficit. And every American's not making over $100,000 a year. There's something fucked up here. I'm just saying. You have other countries that don't have a high deficit like this, and their GDP is $100,000 per capita. What are we doing wrong? Ours is what, $38,000? That ain't shit. Mm-mm. Well, don't get me started. All right, let's carry on here. We're almost done with this. The other thing we have to think about, and that is, I can't even read this shit. (laughs) Oh. Defying social norms. This is what happens when you have glaucoma and you're starting to write stuff on a whiteboard. Can't read half the shit you wrote. <laughs> Defying social norms. What this means primarily is you're going to do your part in society to change the way people think. So you're going to go out there and get you someone of a different race and do that. You know, it's like uh, Lady Bird Johnson back in the day used to tell us to clean up uh, the litter. For those of you who don't know, we had a serious problem in this country years ago. People would go to a fast food restaurant, get their food, eat it in the car, and then throw it out the window. And see, by that time, during that time, you didn't have to wear seat belts. Nope. You know, your bumpers didn't have that shock absorber thing. Damn sure didn't have fiberglass over your bumper. It's a whole different world. When I first started driving, 
We had a leaded gasoline. I was afraid to even use the unleaded gasoline. They were just bringing it on the market. Didn't think it was gonna make my car perform as well. Oh, but I had to grow, didn't I? But these are the things that we had evolved from. You don't see any more retread tires on vehicles anymore, except maybe trucks. That's about it. These have more cars. These will sell cars without power steering, without power windows, without radios. And we had brake shoes as opposed to brake pads. They had carburetors instead of fuel injection. It was a whole different way of doing things back then. Would I want to go back there? Hell no, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad about the advances we made. I couldn't wait for fuel injection to kick in. He had a lot of challenges. That's the security team. Jumping into action downstairs. All right. But that's one thing, um, rejecting the social norms and trying to identify yourselves. The other one that we have to look at, and this is one that you may run across, folks, and I hate this type of person. Usually it's from the majority side. They'll try to be the benevolent one. In other words, be thankful that a person of my race, of my caliber, of my ethnicity, of my background, is dating someone like you, you lowly beast. They put themselves on a pedestal. I think they're doing something for the common good. Now, don't get it twisted. These people have fucked the shit out of you and all that. But they're going to always try to make you feel as though you got to worship them. They're going to make you feel as though they have to think for you. Uh, let's see. What other enterprises? Oh, you know what? The Democratic Party is kind of like that. You see, I'm just going to hop on this for just a second. What happened years ago, the Democratic Party used to be a party that was not so kind to minorities. In fact, when John F. Kennedy got in office, well, when he was running for president, and part of his platform was to uh, try to get the black vote, it was a big exodus to the Republican Party from people that didn't like minorities. And so it's been that way ever since. And those who stayed wanted to be the stewards of the party. Well, we'll let the blacks in, the other minorities in, and we'll just control them. We'll tell them what they need. We'll be their ear and their voice. That's pretty much what the Democratic Party's done all these decades, and that's the reason why we haven't had shit really going forward much. But we'll talk more about that in the next segment. We 
we at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.